Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700KBGG, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, we continue until 3 o'clock today right here on the Big Talker 1700. Jimmy B and Trent, uh, 264-1700. If you want to get in on the program, we're going to revert back to a little NBA action from last night, the championship going to the Golden State Warriors. John Cannon uh, is our guest. You've heard him on this show many times. Uh, He comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Johnny, how are you, pal? Hey, Jimmy, doing good. Uh, you got to be. Real good. Yep, you should be. After what happened, uh, look, you you called it. You Trent even said, I think, at the beginning of the uh, playoffs, the Warriors uh, in five. This is this is a Warriors team, and look, you can say whatever you want about uh, Kevin Durant and going there. Uh, they did what they were supposed to do. It's never easy to do that, but John, at times they made it look pretty easy. Well, they did, Jimmy. I just think that that game four was was Cleveland digging deep, finding some pride, and I also think the Warriors just kind of felt like they'd already done it. You know, that that comeback victory in game three, I think they felt made the case, and and they thought that they were out of the woods. But I think what what happened last night is I think both of these teams really developed a lot of respect for each other. You know, there there have been a lot of of back and forth between the two, mm-hmm. dating back to that first matchup, and oh, no Irving and no love, so that doesn't really count. And the last year, of course, all the stuff with the Warriors, and and last last night, I think the Warriors realized that especially Kyrie and LeBron are amazing yep. basketball players, yep. offensively especially for Ky- in Kyrie's case. Love played very well defensively and rebounding last night. Mm-hmm. LeBron. I really don't understand why he doesn't just dribble down the court, back whoever's guarding him down, and dunk the ball every time. He did it like four possessions in a row. Yeah. The Warriors had no answer for that, and then he just stopped doing it. Must drive Cleveland fans crazy. It has but to. I think I think they have a lot of respect for each other after after three years of this. Uh, your takeaway on the Tristan Thompson David West kiss? Yeah. <laughs> Well, what I want to say about that is I was really surprised the refs got that exactly right. I mean, I thought for sure West was going to be part of a double technical, even though he was really a pinball. After that first tee that was called on him, he got pushed from the front by Tristan Thompson. He got pushed from the back by J.R. Smith. Mm-hmm. And, but it was hard to see those things. They happened so quickly. They went back and they looked at the, at the video. And they got one key on each of those three guys, and that's exactly what the call should have been. It, it was, uh, it, it was an intense moment, man. That, that was because if West gets tossed in that game at that point, he really played well in that in that stretch. You know, he wound up like plus fifteen for the game. He only played ten minutes. He was plus fifteen, and it was just because he was on the floor during that time. But he got three big defensive rebounds. He threw some clutch passes, and they needed him at that moment. That's the thing, guys. Is even though the Warriors won this game, and you could say they won it comfortably, they led by double digits most of the game. You know, a couple of plays here or there. You know, KD gets called for that foul when he hit LeBron in the head, right? And and has to leave the game. You know, they, they could have lost that game. So I think that's why they came away from that thinking. You know what? 
that was a pretty good team, and we really accomplished something by beating them. I don't think after games one and two, they really felt like it was going to be a great accomplishment to beat them. But you didn't rate the kiss. <laughs> I, I didn't rate the kiss. I, I completely dodged the kiss. Was I there... thought you'd let me, Trent. I really did. I thought you'd let me, and, and I should have known better. Yeah. Was Kiss Cam on at that time? That's what it, I want to know. Yeah, could have so, been easily. Was was Chloe jealous, I think, is the question that we all need to ask. <laughs> uh, John Cannon's our guest right here at Draft House 50, Hotline Mills, Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. John, you had it, LeBron James average a triple-double in the finals. Never been done before. You had Kevin Durant averaging over 30 points every game. And you had, and you, you rightfully talked about David West, but Andre Iguodala was huge in last night's game. And for the Cleveland Cavaliers, for the majority of the series, they pretty much got nothing from their bench. Yeah, the, the bench was a problem for them, and, and that is something that, that going forward, you know, when, I mean, Darren Williams and I mean, these guys were, were not up to it. And, no. and I think you know, we talked about, is this good for the NBA? And, man, I really do think it is. I, I think that it's, it's going to show the NBA that you need a whole team to, you know, to, to win. You need great players and great stars. But where would the Warriors have been without Patrick McCall last night? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they had to get Steph off the floor. They had to get him some rest. And McCall came in and scored six points. Yeah, you know, he got, and it was an offensive rebound. It was a, you know, I mean, it, he just now he, you know, Kyrie made him look stupid a couple of times, but you just have to, to live with that. But he couple of, I mean, how hard is it for a rookie to get into that situation the second half of a of a elimination finals game and knock down two free throws. Well, Kyle so, Corver, Kyle Corver is from Pella, Iowa. He's had a long uh, career in the NBA. He's made a lot of money and he's hit big shots, but he was absolutely outclassed and was dreadful in the finals. But you know what? He never stopped. He never stopped working, Jim. No, he never he gave up on it. Right. There was a time when, when he had Durant one-on-one, he made Durant stop in the lane and shoot over him. Now Durant made it, but there's nothing Corver could do about that. He's given away five inches right. to him or whatever. Right. He, but he never quit on. I was really impressed with with Corver as overmatched as he was. And you're absolutely right. And and he needs to, you know, he needs to be in a situation where he's just going to stand in the corner and, and shoot unless he can really work on his his defense. And the thing about the Warriors that is, even the guys who aren't great defenders work really hard on defense, and that includes Curry. And he's not great at defense. He'd be the first to tell you. But Ron Adams has challenged him, and, and he has really answered the challenge. And rebounding, got another six rebounds last night. And I still remember the steal he had in game three where LeBron had a full head of steam, and Curry ran, ran him down, ran in front of him, and took the ball. You guys remember that? I mean, mm-hmm. he could have been squashed like a bug. Yeah. <laughs> it, looked really, yeah. it looked really dangerous. But... He wanted to go get that ball. So I think that's one of the things that we talked the other, night, the other day about. Is the NBA a copycat league, and can this be copied? And, of course, to an extent, it cannot. You cannot copy Durant. There's never been one. You can't copy Draymond Green. There's never been a player like that. There's never been really a shooter like Clay Thompson. And, and you know, and of course, Curry is on his own. And, yep. and Iguodala, as you mentioned, Iguodala is really underrated in this role. But he is so important to them. And, but you can draft well, 
draft players who have played two or three or even four years of college, come in as men to the NBA, and, and want to be coached. And that's the whole, you've got to find players that want to be coached, and then you've got to find the assistant coaches that will actually coach them and develop them and make them better through their time in the NBA. So, no, you're not planning on the draft just handing you finished products. You're looking for guys with skill, but the willingness to work hard and get better at their craft every year. And, and that's what the, what the Warriors are showing the league. That can be done. Because even Curry gets better every year, at least mm-hmm. between his two MVP years. He, he improved his shot dramatically. And this year, he improved his physical play because he got beat up last year in the finals, and he didn't want that to happen again. So he got tougher this year. And, and it worked. So it's, uh, it was exciting, obviously, for someone who's followed the Warriors as long as I have, which is like all my life. But it was great to see Curry, even though he was clearly the third leading light on the floor. Mm-hmm. LeBron and Durant, you pick your one and your 1A, and then Curry was third. But, man, those drives to the basket for layups that, that he got in the fourth quarter, he didn't rely on a three-point shot, which is what happened last year. He, he shot them out of the game last year. He went in, and he got layups because Kyrie can't guard him. And, and that was the difference. They, they gave up all those layups to, to LeBron, but Cleveland had no answer for Steph. They couldn't stop him. And when they and when he passed it to Durant, then it was over. Hey John, you know after we talked last week, and you know, we both of us felt it was over. Jim was holding out hope that we get a series. I did. At least we saw some some pushback out of Cleveland. So close in Game Three, uh, unbelievable performance in Game Four last night. I, I think maybe that gap isn't quite as big as we thought, even with the four-one series win. If you're Cleveland side, to me. Your superstars, they don't exactly cancel each other out, but but you can play pretty close. they got to find a way to get guys, say, 5 through 8, 5 through 9, a lot better. Can Cleveland, with their salary structure, can they do that? Or is it going to be more of a one-off trade, get rid of Kevin Love, bring in another superstar and try to go that route? What do you think is going to be the plan, and what should be the plan for Cleveland's perspective? Okay, first of all, you're, I agree with you completely that the gap turned out to not be as long as wide as we thought and that's mm-hmm. what i mean when i say the warriors really came out of last night's game i think with a, with a heightened respect if, if not for the entire cleveland team but certainly for their starters and their stars what about jr smith last yes. night it is i mean without him yeah. that's a that's a 20 point blowout yeah. and he was not just knocking down open shots he you know he was knocking down everything mm-hmm. so I think the gap is not as wide, but here's the problem. I think I, I just I don't think Tyron Lue is a great coach, mm-hmm. and I don't know who their assistants are, but I don't see that team developing through the year like the Warriors do, and and they coasted that second half of the year, and it wasn't just resting LeBron. That's not you have to kind of do that, but they just messed around the second half of the season and wound up playing 500 ball and thought they could flip a switch when it came to playing the Warriors. And, and you can't. You've got to put the work in every day. It's like farming. You can't just fluff off all summer and plant real hard in the fall to bring in the crop. It's you got it. You got to put the time in all year long. And can, can Tyron Lue force those guys to do that? And does he have the assistants that are that are able to really develop their skills? That's the question I think Cleveland needs to be asking themselves. And then 
go out and, and get some get get a better bench. You know, get better backups. See, you know, their payroll is like twenty million over the Warriors this year. Yes, yes, it they're, is. They're spending a lot of money on that team, and uh, and I think they have a right to be a little frustrated with this group that you know that didn't really apply themselves that well in the second half of the season, and then you know was clearly not as good. Again, not as far back as it looked like in game one and two, but. If this team, if these two teams played fifteen times, the Warriors would win what ten, eleven? It's about where I'd be. Yeah, yeah, probably eleven, so. four, ten, five. Yeah, right, in, that right range. in there. Yeah. If if Durant doesn't join the team, and it's the same Warriors team against what we saw last night, the so same you get Harrison, team, ba- you get Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes instead. Okay. Does Cleveland win the series? No, I don't think so. I think it's a dogfight. I think it's probably a seven gamer. Seven gamer. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but I still think the Warriors, even with Harrison Barnes, because remember, they were up 3-1 with Harrison Barnes. They were, yes. Yep. Yep. And they won in 15 with Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. But, so, but, but, but you've you got to remember, though, Love got hurt and Kyrie Irving was hurt, too. Right, but Love and Irving, especially that year, were awful defensive players. They've gotten better. Yes, they have. And, and that actually brings up another point that Cleveland could be a little frustrated about, the meaning their management is, the defensive effort that was there in Game 4, where was it the rest of the series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it showed up some last night. There were some, some possessions where the Warriors started their offense just inside the half-court line. Cleveland was putting so much pressure on them, they could hardly get into their offense. But it wasn't consistent. It wasn't the whole game. And, and in 15, I'm sorry, you know, Irving could not have guarded Curry in, in a million years in that first year. In fact, I really think the fact that Delavadova played so much was part of the reason Curry didn't have a great series. Mm-hmm. Because Delavadova just got in his kitchen. He did. You know, he just, he he, did. He's, he's unfun to play against. He makes you very uncomfortable. Yep. I don't think Curry would have worried at all about trying to outscore Kyrie. Um, and Love, same thing. You know, Love, would, when they started playing that pick-and-roll game with, with, uh, with Draymond in, the, in that middle of that series, they, they pulled David Lee out, put Draymond in, and, right. and started to run... Uh, Kevin Love would have been completely lost, so as he was a couple of times last year. So I'm not worried about that. I think the Warriors are a better team all three years. I think this year LeBron has improved so much, Kyrie has improved so much, that, that it really, putting Durant on there is what made it a five-game series and, and could have been a four-game series. But I really think even with Barnes, you, you really – you know, now, now, what else happens? Do they get David West instead of Mo Spates and, and Festus Azili? I mean, who, who else is there? That's mm-hmm. the thing that's hard because with the Warriors, that matters. Yes, right. It does. Who those guys yes. are? Because the Warriors centers last year, once Bogut got hurt, they vanished. Azili, Varejao, yeah. and Spates—they didn't get a quality minute out of any of the three of those guys last year mm-hmm. after Bogut went out. So they probably would have gotten rid of. They might have kept Azili because he was a draft a draft guy, but Varejao and space fly would have been gone anyway, and maybe they would have gotten David West anyway. So you're adding David West to that team, and you still have Barnes, and, you know, who knows? So it's, it's fun to speculate, but before I know you guys have to let me go, but before you do, I just want to say again that LeBron James, you know, he may not be the killer than Michael Jordan or, or Kobe Bryant is. He's not. He'd be the first guy to tell you he's not. He's a different personality. Yep. But he is a great great player and 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 the fact that people now are saying well he didn't win the finals and now he only went two finals he lost all these other finals and and he really doesn't deserve to be thought of as one of the greatest players of all that is such bs this my feeling is this series vindicated lebron james because he 
was they, they couldn't take him off the floor in game three. They took him off for two and a half minutes, and they lost the game yep. because of it. Yep. And then in, even in game four, which they won by 20, he's a plus 32. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kyrie's not. Kyrie's a plus seven. So the Warriors are doing fine when Kyrie's on the floor. It, it's when LeBron's on the floor that the Warriors were having difficulty all series long. And, and I think, and on last night's game too, you could not stop him. When he decided he was going to go down and dunk on somebody, that's what he did. And, and he got bored with it, I guess. I don't know why he stopped. And that's, <laughs> I guess, what people, that's what people hold against him. You know, is he doesn't have that spirit of just wanting to kill you. Every, and, and, okay, and if that's your thing, okay, that's your thing. But in terms of just the, the, the overall skills, passing, rebounding, shooting, dunking, defense, I mean, he, uh, he's got to be right up there as, as the greatest player of all time. I agree. Yeah. Yep. He, he There's no question. Incredible. Last yeah. night, yep. that performance. Great I, performance. I, it was great. Hey, John, we are out of time. Good catching up with you again. Enjoy your off season and what? Got two weeks before training camp begins for the Warriors. Is that right? <laughs> I, think, I think just about, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I just want to leave you with this because it's inside radio stuff. The listeners don't care about this, but you guys will. Okay. You know, the Warriors and Giants were on the same radio station for years. KNBR. KNBR, the, the big 680 flamethrower in, in San Francisco. And this year, the Warriors changed to an FM station because they got tired of having their playoff games getting bumped to the alternate signal yes. because they were up against Giants games. And then the Giants preseason games would, would come ahead of Warriors' important games. Not playoff games, obviously, but in March they'd have important games that would be on 1050 because... Welcome back once again. Jimmy B and TC here on the Big Talker 1700 as we welcome in once again our man Wolfgang as he joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Wolfgang, the NBA is in the books and uh, we know as uh, you're a LeBron fan, didn't go the way that you wanted. No, it was horrible. I stayed up all night, couldn't really uh, sleep, watched all of it, took it in, and just wondered what is going to be of the NBA in the future. I just I can't even imagine what anybody can do to stop this team. The, all the puzzle pieces fit. We talk about this in college basketball turn all the time. The puzzle pieces have to fit, and it fits over there, man. It's it's kind of scary. No, you're exactly right. It, it is scary, and, and you wonder about what the future is going to look like, what what the league is going to be able to do with this team that just seems so far and away better than anything else the league can offer up. 16-1 and one run uh, throughout the playoffs here. You know, the crazy numbers when Durant is healthy and, and just how good this team is. Cleveland, after those first two games, it seemed like the gap was incredibly huge. Maybe it wasn't quite as big as we were led to believe after those first two games, but there's no doubt. There's a gap between Golden State and Cleveland and another gap between Cleveland and pretty much everybody else. Yeah, it's it's maybe San Antonio, maybe San Antonio, if they're healthy, you know, they had some injury problems and we're giving them heck that first game. Maybe they can do something. Maybe the Cavs can get rid of the male, the human male nipple, Kevin Love. My God, did you see him yesterday? That was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing for a guy that used to be, I don't know what is wrong with him sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't run back. Sometimes I, I just don't get the guy sometimes. I think it's time to trade him. The Cavs have a chance, maybe. If they bring in a, a uh, Paul George, the scuttlebutt is Paul George is leaving Indiana after next year. LeBron's going to leave Indi- uh, the Cavs after next year and go to the Lakers. They'll team up, 
And I remember seeing this, and I don't remember hearing this or seeing this anywhere, but you know how hard I watched LeBron and watched the Cavs. Mm -hmm. I remember reading LeBron's lips after they beat the Indiana Pacers and Kevin and uh, Paul George saying something like, let's get together, call me. Hmm. So if they bring in a Paul George, another guy that can guard Kevin Durant, another three-point shooter, actual guy that plays defense, Trent, defense does matter. And by the way, I hate to say this, he's an Iowa boy. Did you see freaking Corver yesterday? It's over. It's over for Corver. His uh, his best days are certainly behind him. He looked completely out of place in the series. Oh, and I looked at the box score. It said he had zero turnovers. I know for a fact he had one turnover, and then he fouled a guy shooting, made it, and then three-point play. Then he fouled another guy on a three-point play. Was missing shots that he were wide open. It just and he looked like me on defense, man. Mm-hmm. It was I. It really felt bad because he didn't look that way during the regular season. I hope he comes back because he's an Iowa boy and he's one of the best shooters, if not the best, one of the best shooters I've ever seen, literally ever. I think if you look up the percentages, he's lit. He's led the NBA three times. An Iowa boy, love that. So I would like him to come back, but there's got to be something big done. Uh, I think the Spurs are close, not that close, but I think they could give him heck. And then if if they decided to, if you're a if you're the Cavs GM, Trent, mm-hmm. do you what do you do? You look at the team that you have to beat. They're going to beat everybody in the East. It doesn't matter. So you don't have big center or a big power forward. You bring in Paul George, and that helps LeBron guard Durant. And you bring in defense. You get rid of Kevin Love, who doesn't play defense. I don't hate Kevin Love, but he's just Man, I just can't stand guys that don't play defense, and it drives me crazy. Do you think Paul George would make a difference at all? A guy that can hit the three, he is a superstar and plays defense, or would that be too many guys that need the ball in their hands or something? I don't know. I, I just, to be honest, like I've seen Paul George play. I know the numbers are, are good. You know, he puts up good numbers year after year. I, I, don't, I don't look at him in that realm as a superstar. I don't know what it is. I know he puts up big points. He does all these things. You want to go analytics, you know, his PR is good year after year, all those different things. Would it help, you know, sub him out for Kevin Lug? Probably, probably. But how much does the gap close? I I don't know. To be honest, I just, I don't have a strong enough feeling about Paul George that 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 would be that big of a difference. I I could be dead wrong on this one, uh, the way that he has come back. And, And remember, after that gruesome knee injury that he had, he's still just uh, a couple years into being removed from that injury. Maybe there's still even a little bit more upside that he can still do. I, I think that I heard today he's still only 27 years old. So, you know, we're not talking about a, a long guy that, that's getting up there in his 30s or anything like that. Maybe. I just talked myself into it. How about that, Wolf? Yes. No, that's hilarious because I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was like, no, I don't know if I believe in that. Kevin loves a bigger guy. We need his rebounding. And then exactly what you said, I talked myself into it. I watched him against LeBron this year. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's not scared. He's not afraid of anybody. He will go at LeBron. There's not a lot of guys that will. And he does. I don't know his three-point percentage offhand. It's good. He's it a is. 90% free-throw percentage shooter, I, which I didn't know until this year. I don't know if he's normally that good, but he plays defense. And that's what this team needs, another guy that can guard Durant. Mm-hmm. So you got the Spurs, you got the Cavs, you got the Warriors. I don't know if anybody else can can do anything. So that's basically the only thing to watch to see what the Cavs and what the Spurs do. Uh, Chris Paul may go to the Spurs, which would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of depressing. And I told you we're going to watch that, uh, Boston Celtics, uh, what is it? It has a cool name. To, 
It's the 30 for 30, right? But it has a sweet name. I get the best of rivalries, the Celtics and Lakers or something like that. And I don't know if that's a little before your time, if you you remember watching basketball with like a hardcore eye back then. But, man, was that fun back in the day. And you always remember things a little different when you're a kid. But all the stars that were on the court back then, mm-hmm. and that's what you got in this series. But it was just too much. Just too much. It's disgusting. I said, I think I said something on Twitter about I think Kevin Durant is going to go to the Globetrotters next year. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's a little disgusting. It, the, the talent, you know, the wealth of talent is just a little too much to keep people interested. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is fun to watch. This is excellence. This is UConn women's basketball. But, you know, you, you kind of want, if you're an Iowa State fan, Trent, you kind of want to think you actually have a shot to beat Oklahoma or beat, you know, uh, Texas or whatever. If you're Iowa, you want to at least ha- think there's an out, you know, a possibility that you got an outside chance of winning the the uh, Big Ten uh, title or even you know, in, you know, win it all. I guess that's what I look at. If there's no shot, what's the reason of watching? I guess just watching excellence. They are a beautiful team to watch, and everybody brings up the '96 Bulls, and I would that would be fun to talk about with their team because with MJ and Pippen and Rodman and, and Longley and Luke uh, uh coach and Ron Harper and even Kerr. Even Kerr, did you hear some of Kerr's comments? Those were interesting. What'd he say? He was basically saying Well somebody said uh that well first of all five out of the six books, I think two games ago, had Golden State beating the ninety six Bulls if the Bulls got in a DeLorean and came to today's game. That's that's basically what they said. Um, Kerr was basically, somebody had asked, oh, I think it was Pippen. Was it Pippen saying that the Bulls would have absolutely swept Golden State? And he was being so condescending, Kerr was. He was being so sarcastic, saying, oh, yeah, because players don't get bigger, stronger, and faster. Yeah, because the game doesn't change. It was so hilarious. And he was on the team. He was on the team, Trent. <laughs> that's kind of funny. I mean, that's that's funny. I love that. Yeah, that, that's that is good stuff right there. Hey, by the way, thank you for bringing me on. Do, do you want to tell everybody about who's coming on later? What's that? Kevin Durant's mom. <laughs> get out of here! Get out of here! That's a good get, man. Yeah, that is a good get. Yeah, you're such thank a goober. Thank you, Trent. You're such thank a goober. You, hey, that's let's awesome. ta- let's talk some local stuff here. We we got plenty of time. We're gonna watch the Celtics Lakers and recap it either later in the week. Uh, that thirty for thirty you mentioned, or or mm-hmm. maybe even next week, but. Uh, Wolfgang, I, I want to talk to you, first of all, about the big breaking news yesterday, a 50-yard line at Kinnick Stadium. And boy, people are going nuts about this thing. They're loving it. Woo! Is it a slow time of the year or what? But yes, yeah. this is something that makes hardcore Hawkeye fans happy. I'm interested in this because we're, we're kind of in the same age group. What have you seen? Have, have the older people do not do they not like this? Because Kirk was against this, from what I understand, for a while. He had some quote like he's not tone deaf. He understands what the fans are saying. But I would, I gotta believe the younger people than us and the our age group love it. I don't know about the older people. What do you think? I think it's, and I do have an idea after you talk. But I want to. What do you think? The older people hate it, or what do you think? I haven't heard much brushback in terms of hating it. It just okay. uh, a lot. Uh, what I've heard from some old older people that I've talked to about it was. Uh, who gives a crap? Because <laughs> it's, 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 they don't give a crap about anything unless it's a 4 o'clock meal. Yes, exactly. Dinner. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's kind of what I've heard. Oh, I, I guess I didn't realize this was a big deal. Who cares? I'm there to watch football. 
I don't care about the decorations on the field. You know what? I like a little bit of everything. A little bit of something, whether it's a pink locker room, something that stands out with your program that people, whether it's Boise State's Blue Field or uh, what is it, um, Eastern Eastern Washington, right? Uh, what, yeah. what color is that? Red, That's right? red. That's Jimmy B's alma mater. Your boy, Absolutely. yeah, Jimmy B. I heard you talking about that. You guys <laughs> talking about that the other day. Yes. So, I mean, you have to have things that stand out. In heaven, there is no beer after big wins for Iowa. That's awesome. That's goosebumps bleak. I love it. I don't think it's a small thing. I think it's cool. If you just are turning the channel and they happen to be at the 40-yard line or whatever, you're going to see that and you go, oh, that's Iowa. I think it's cool as heck, and it should have been done a long time ago. And here we go, what I said a number of years ago, or what, a year ago. This is a Brian Ferris influence. I'm telling you, he believes in this stuff, and this is a Brian Ferris influence. It's not, it's not a quinky dink that this happened now that Brian Ferris is on the on uh, as an assistant coach. I don't believe that. They brought in a younger guy that believes that's been a Hawkeye fan all his life. That I know for a fact goes to message boards and listens to radio and has his eye and his pulse, his heart and his pulse on what Iowa fans are thinking. He does. I don't know if you've heard that. I know it for a fact. So this is a cool thing. I think it's great. What I think they should do, Trent, and I think this would be cool as heck. Well, who's our first game? Um, Wyoming. Wyoming, right? Yes, yes Wyoming. Yes. Um, I think they should cover it. So put a little cover over it and then wait to unveil it right when the uh, team is running out to, uh, to the music. What do you think about that? I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't. You're not into that. No, <laughs> Who no, am I no. talking to? The most no. curmudgeon-y, the I, most curmudgeon-y young guy no, I know. No, no, I'm not curmudgeon It's just, uh, all right, it's, it's. I know. You've been in this sport too long, my friend. No, or in this no, sport business too that. long. I, I was happy to see it. I, it's something that is long overdue. I, I'm happy to see it, but let's not make this out to be, you know, some new uniform or something like that. It's a logo on the 50-yard line. Everybody else has the logo on the 50-yard line. Iowa does now, too. Let's let's not prop this up more than it actually needs to be. Maybe that makes me a curmudgeon. But so, so you're, as they're running out with the swarm, hand in hand, the fight song playing Herky leading them out on the field, and also yeah. they, they pull away a drape, and look, and here is the Tiger Hawk at the 50. I like it more than I did when I came on and just explained it to you. Oh you, just, you just explained that beautifully. Absolutely. Do whatever you got to do, man. Make it make it a fun thing. Maybe you'll get an extra thousand people there for that game. I don't know. Who cares? It's cool. It's a neat thing. I've been going to games since I told you, since I was six. Mm-hmm. I would find that cool if I was a kid, personally. I would find that cool as an adult. Um, will they do it? I don't know. But I think it'd be kind of, is it a little corny? Yeah. And we are the land of the corn, and we produce the most corn in nation so that's that's what we got to be about well how about this now now i got another idea let's take it a step further (laughs) so now when they come out in the swarm and then they start to dissipate a little bit how about it like everybody likes to chase after the rivalry trophy you know after the game and go get it from the other sideline everybody sprints out to the middle there to see who can grab that tarp first and pull it away a little contest before the game see who can get there first My mind is blown, yeah. like the XFL. Remember when they used to yeah, run out yeah, from yeah. both end zones and whoever got the ball uh, got the ball first? Yeah. That was great TV. Oh, I love it. Let's see who's the fastest on the team. Right. We can see. Let's see if those forty times are real. Let's see who is actually the fastest. Go take that drape off the Tiger Hawk in the middle field. I think it'd be phenomenal. I love it. I know probably a lot of people think it's something small and something stupid. I think they're thinking outside the box, and it's not even outside the box. It's inside the box. 
but inside the box is outside the box in Iowa City. Akron Wadley is getting to that tarp first, right? I would guess, or uh, 0 to 60, he's fastest because he has the fastest top speed. So we'd be running out of the end zone. Yep. So it'd be 60 yards. Um, I just said 0 to 60, he's fastest. So that would it's, probably it's, be. Remember, it's always the seniors that are up front. So this is probably seniors only or captains. Okay. I don't okay. see Josie Jewell getting there first. Uh, <laughs> Vandenberg, if he tries to go out there, he'll probably break his foot again. So let's leave him out of this. <laughs> You know what would be funny if Josie Jewell, let's let Josie Jewell do it and just tackle the tarp. It's over. <laughs> the tarp will be in shreds, and then that will get everybody pumped. But it's, I know, I understand you if you think it's a small thing. I can't wait to be there the first game and see that sucker, that Tiger Hawk right there in midfield. I think it's long overdue, and I think they need to start thinking outside the box like they have been in certain things, in certain, uh, in certain uh, aspects, they, I, I believe they have been. I, I've seen a difference with uh, with what they've been doing. So, yeah, pumps me up, as you can tell. I'm, I'm literally sweating here. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think it's going to be so sweet coming out to that music. But I like your idea. Let's 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 email the people there and, and get that, to, you know, wobbly. Everybody, you know, one of the captains could do it every time because we don't want to get anybody hurt because mm-hmm. whoever gets out there, I mean, somebody's going to get trampled. Right. So we'll have to dedicate one guy. Or we could even go farther than that, bring back a former Hawk. Oh. Former Hawk. Are you kidding me? Well, now you're kind of, you're getting into a different kind of territory here because, you know, there are different events that they do things like that. I think of the Vikings. I love what the Vikings do before the game is they have a, a former Viking, be it Bud Grant, you know, Fran Tarkenton, whoever it is. And they mm-hmm. blow the, the big Viking horn thing, you know, that thing. Yeah. And and it's a cool moment. Maybe they can turn this into a I cool moment. I just talked you into this. You, uh, you have. You have. Now, got to have something cool. You have to have... Uh, Ronnie Harmon. We'll have Ronnie Harmon do it first. Right? Let's, let's slow on Ronnie Harmon. There's still a little <laughs> bad feelings <laughs> going on there. Bring up that name to my grandpa. He had some choice words. <laughs> like, choice. Five choice words. I think grandpa might have had a couple of C notes on that game, too, but that's another <laughs> conversation. No. <laughs> you know... Uh, yeah, yeah, we got to slow down to Roddy Harbour, but maybe you could turn this into something. I, I, I'm seeing it. I'm just totally seeing it. Bring in former Hawkeyes. Oh, I'd love a Drew Tate. I'd love a let's see who else. Like all time greats. You know that wouldn't you know break it up. I wouldn't want Podolak. No, I love no. Podolak. I, I've seen him a few times. He's Quinn actually Early. looking okay. I, I loved Quinn Early. He was my boy. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. I he mean, follows me. Yeah, he follows me on Twitter, and that guy really? was fast. Wow. He was Fast, well, why don't yeah, we should get him on. Yeah, get Quinn on the show with us. I will probably message him. I will. I don't know why he's calling me, but he is. He is. He is. Hey, one final thing before we run out of time here, Wolfgang, over, uh, we're talking some football over to a little basketball side of things. Uh, the other day, Tom Izzo talked about the possibility of the Big Ten going to 20 games and hoops for the Big Ten slate. Uh, slate. I, well overdue in my mind. This is something that I've talked about in the past. You know, scheduling, especially basketball scheduling, is is one of my niches. What what are the things that yeah, can get me fired up? Uh, I'm baffled at times how mm, what would be the right term? Uh, let's just say dumb coaches can be <laughs> in terms of scheduling. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go pretty blunt there. How dumb they can be. I think this would help the Big Ten. Twenty games. You got 14 teams in the conference. That means a couple more home and homes that you get out of it. Well overdue in this super conference era. 
20-game conference schedule. Do you like it, Wolfgang? Helps your strength of schedule, which you've always, yeah, you've been on that for a long time, um, the analytics and everything, but especially the scheduling, yeah. You've been on that and been able to describe it. And you, you've you said it before it's happened, quite frankly. I, I remember you saying it because mm-hmm. anybody could say it after the fact. Well, of course. You know what I mean? But, you know, it, it's, I like the guys that say it before, you know, well, this schedule is not looking good and it's not going to get us where we want if we have this record. When you're, you know, we're going, we're WNL in it, you know, in the summer or whatever, or when we're doing this, you have to obviously be playing stud teams or good teams. Doesn't it does not even have to be, and I'll let you go because I know this is your thing. It doesn't even have to be good teams. It has to be obviously you have to have a number of good teams, but they can't be freaking DMAC. Right. You're, you're, is that right? You're exactly right. It has to be actually DMAC. Seriously, DMAC would be better <laughs> than many of the teams that they have on there. Having DMAC, having a non D1 team that doesn't count against your RPI would be better than what they had last year with Kennesaw State, Savannah State, Texas, Rio Grande Valley, Nebraska, Omaha, Stetson, Delaware State, all those teams. It would have been better to schedule DMAC than it would to schedule any of those teams. And here's another part, Wolfgang. We're getting dangerously close again. We know 10 of the 13 matchups. This comes from Jeremiah Davis of the Gazette for the Hawkeyes in the non-conference. So they'll play Virginia Tech in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Good game. Good. Yep. They're playing down in the Cayman Island Classic. Cincinnati will be there. They'll be a top-20 team. And uh, some decent mid-majors there as well. UAB, Wyoming, Buffalo, South Dakota State, Louisiana, Lafayette, and Richmond. Uh, you're going to get a couple of good games out of that. Drake is the Big Four Classic game. They're at Iowa State this year. But uh, they have five, basically, home games, along with the neutral site game against Colorado up in Sioux Falls. Five home games that are their bye games. Their first two that they've scheduled, and they have three more now to schedule. Their first two that they scheduled, Chicago State and Southern Utah. So you say, okay, well, I don't know anything about those teams. I'm here to help you out. So you did some homework, and I love this. No, you're you're the guy, dude. Seriously, I'm not kidding. I'm giving you credit for this, because you have to think about this before the season. Go, please. Mm-hmm. Southern Utah last year played in the Big Sky Conference. They went 3-15 and in conference play. Four and twenty-seven, their RPI last year, three forty-one. No, don't cut it. Don't cut it. Three forty-one for Southern Utah. That is one of the teams. In fact, the tenth worst RPI in the country came from that one. So next up, you look for Chicago State. Chicago State last year uh, had an even worse record. They were three yeah, and bad. yeah, three and twenty-six. Their victories oh, were shit. over Utah Valley, Southeast Missouri State, and Western Illinois. The Leathernecks. They got a win in that one. 3-26 and in RPI of 318. It is completely unrealistic to expect either of these teams to be better than 250 in the RPI. You have three home games still to schedule. Ram McCaffrey, schedule Smart here. If you schedule three more bye games against the worst of the worst, your non-conference strength of schedule, even though you look at some of those games and say, hey, this is pretty decent, it very well could be the difference between this going team going to the NCAA tournament and them yes. sitting home. It very well, much could be the case. These three games are ultra-important. Schedule smart. 
Thank you. It's time to bring this up, Trent. It's time to, for other people to bring this up because I kind of like, you know, during March when we're playing for actually something, not in the NIT, mm-hmm. even though I love the NIT games because the fans get so crazy. But it, it's time to start thinking like that. I don't know what they're thinking. I, I can't explain it. They obviously have to be the athletic director and the administration and certain people. Have you got to have basketball guys. So if you are not a basketball guy, because they can't hire a coach, they, they hire a coaching firms or whatever, mm-hmm. they can't hire a damn coach. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous that you can't hire your own coach without without hiring and giving them a million dollars to figure it out. That's just embarrassing. So I'm I'm on your side. I know some people are probably rolling your eyes at you. You're making too big a deal of this. No, you're not. It's not. Because you're either in March, you're either in March Madness or you're not, mm-hmm. Brent. Go out, bring in let's look at three mid major conferences from around the area that you can bring in, I'm sure, for a pretty decent price. Now are they gonna be as cheap as these garbage MEAC teams and SWAC teams that come in? No. You might have Okay, to now them. see, see see folks, he's coming up with a solution, not just bashing. Trent, go. This is impressive. So 75000 is about what it costs for one of these buy games. For a, a power conference team, about seventy five grand for the lower level ones we're talking about. To bring okay. in a team from the Mid-American, bring in a team even from the Ohio Valley or the Summit League, you're probably going to cost about 100000 And if you're going to take in one of the, the names, say a Belmont, Belmont's a good program, right? Yeah, yeah. Ohio Valley, they're good year after year after year. You might have to bump it up, and you might have to pay one hundred twenty-five thousand. But playing a team like Belmont will be a top one hundred team. Even if you would lose that game, it would not kill your RPI. It would not keep you out of the NCAA tournament. It would still help you. Makes a whole lot more sense. Go out, schedule Belmont. If they, if you feel, you know what, early in the year, we still got some new guys. We're going to be figuring things out. Take a step back. And, and bring in a program like from the Summit League, North Dakota State. They've been very good year after year. Last year, RPI of 110. Bring in from the MAC in Ohio, uh, a team like Ball State, Western Michigan. Again, these are teams that year after year are usually in the top 150 of the RPI. They're not going to kill you budget-wise, and they're going to help you Keep that on-conference strength of schedule up, and when they look at your resume, it will look a whole lot better than playing these dregs of college basketball. Look at some history. Do some homework. If you're not a basketball guy, not everybody is a basketball guy. You could be an athletic director. Sometimes in other schools, they're just there to raise money, and that's their job. If you can't do it, you better find somebody that can because if you don't understand the math, Fran's a smart guy. Yes. You think Fran's making the schedule? I don't know. Does he have a say in any of this with Barta? He does. Is it Barta doing it? Are they hiring out? I don't know. I don't know who to blame. But I agree with you, and you've brought this up for a while now. Yeah. And I'm on. I'm on with you, man. I'm, I get it. Let's uh, let's talk to Fran. You and me. Let's make our way over to Iowa City. We'll we'll get a sit down <laughs> with him. Ah, we've done this we'll, before. Wolfgang, enjoy things up north. We will talk again soon, either uh, later in the week. If not, we will talk early next week. The basketball is over for the year, but hey, we got PTL starting up on Sunday. No, I'm excited for that. I'm going to try to make it down to some games. Um, By the way, did you hear that um, Randy Larson, the lawyer that runs that sucker, my sister actually worked for him for a while Mm -hmm. back when she was in college, uh, as a waitress, I think that he, I think he owns a couple bars out there, a couple yeah. restaurants. And um, where was I going with that? Randy Larson, PT. Randy, oh no, yeah, he's putting out. Um, he's actually putting out 
uh, feelers. He needs more uh, people to sign up because they don't have enough people that are actually going to be able to play. Oh. So Trent, Trent, you got any game left in you? Because I, I've been I've been mocking Iowa for a long time, man. Not because of their shooting, not because of the not because of their free throw shooting or three point shooting or or heart. I've been mocking them because they don't block out. I will go there. I'll miss every shot. I won't play defense, but I will block out, and I will show Cook. I will show Pemsel how you do it. Oh, that would be good. Oh, I would love to see that. I, you know, I would love to see you. I would love to see you, man. Well, if you block, come on, you know how to block out, right? Yeah, yeah, but I, I wouldn't be that close to the rim that I'd even have to worry about it. I, <laughs> I strictly go three-point line to three-point line anymore. If anybody beats me off the dribble... <laughs> The lane is there. I'm not going inside. I am just chucking threes from 25 feet. I am three-point line to three-point line. That's all. And uh, that means that I don't have to box out when I'm out there. That's 80s basketball. I understand it. <laughs> Wolfgang, be good, my man. All right, see you, man. Bye. It's Wolfgang Hawkeye checking in with us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. That will do it for the show today. A busy one. A lot of fun. We, uh, well, we were talking there with Wolfgang about the Prime Time League. Earlier today, Alex Halstead joined us. We did the Capital City Mock Draft. You can uh, go check that out over on our podcast page at 1700kbgg.com. Take a look at our teams, Jimmy B., myself, and Alex, what we came up with. Yesterday we did it for the PTL with Tom Cakert and uh, that podcast up as well. Some baseball talk with Chris Cotillo. Golf with the U.S. Open coming up this week. Brandon Porath was here. John Cannon on the NBA. It was a busy show. We will do it again tomorrow. Back at it at noon. Jimmy B and TC from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow.